This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Chickity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. I am godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. This week brought to you by Creative Live. Uh, Creative Live. If you haven't checked out Creative Live, I feel for you because, you know, you need to educate yourself just a little bit, man. CreativeLive.com. If you want to check out different things. Uh, all kinds of educational programs with all your favorite bands, whether it's Periphery, Between the Buried and Me, Dillinger, Escape Plan. You can find it all right there and get a lot of it for free. So go to Creative Live slash audio and get your free previews today and check it out for yourself. Uh, it's funny. I have been power watching that Making a Murderer thing on Netflix. And like it, the entire community that these poor morons live in is just filled with idiots, right? And I'm thinking, yeah, this is like a town that doesn't do creative live <laughs> get learned yeah but you know the i don't know if we want those guys making music or not though i you know this is that the community that we need speaking for <laughs> no 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 probably not it would be revolutionary it might be it, it may be and speaking of revolutionary you're listening to the metal six podcast um if you haven't um Subscribe to this podcast. I think you should. That would be uh, an important thing for you to do. If you go to iTunes, search Metal Six Podcast, you can find us. You can find us on Stitcher and Google Play. Uh, I know that uh, we had a couple people say that they couldn't get the old episodes on Google Play, but that's because, you know, they haven't always had this podcast on there and all that. So, you know, you're getting there, but you can still download it if you go to MetalSucks.net, of course, and click on podcast on the tab. All the old episodes got to be right there, so make sure you go back and uh, check out all the old stuff. Hopefully, you did that over the break, you know, and uh, caught up, and you're ready to go. If, if, even if you've done that and you've listened to all of them, you haven't heard everything we've got because we've got even more available that can be heard at chuckandgodless.com. Yeah, if you check that out, that's our Patreon. We've been <laughs> we've been doing like supplemental episodes, which is uh, like little 10, 15 minute episodes, like giving them to people. Uh, we talked about, what do we do? We talked about like Scott Weiland or something on one of them. Uh, and, yeah. you know, instead of getting in deep on it on the podcast, we were we just, well, fuck it. We'll throw a couple extra minutes in on this. And and that happens from time to time. So you have to be in there in the Patreon to help uh, help you know support us we appreciate your support and by doing so we give you extra content which is uh, kind of cool and you can also find us on social media as well i am at bearded ape i am at godless speaks godless speaks on facebook and real quick i will be doing a live uh tweet thing uh at uh geez i think it's 6 30 p.m eastern standard time uh, Monday, the day that this is going up, I'm doing a thing because I appeared on a, a podcast called Podcast with No Answers, and uh, so I figured I'd answer uh, uh, apologist questions oh boy. on well, Twitter well, for well, an hour or so. Now, what, yeah. what's all that about? Well, I, I, I did, I'm doing two episodes with this podcast called The uh, Pastor with No Answers, yeah. and 
<laughs> I thought I was going to burst a blood vessel. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and so you know, the, the part of the thing is that they love to do this, like like you know, apologist trick, which is, oh, you don't know this thing about science. Well, that either a proves that it's true, <laughs> which is like what, or b it it it's evidence that there's a conspiracy not allowing this great idea to be you know more popularly known. And it's mm. like no, there's a freaking truckload to know about science and until creative live has an entire section of their site dedicated to knowing everything i need to know about science there's not everything i'm gonna know <laughs> especially when you come up with like you know wacky you know uh, apologist terms for uh, you know uh, these uh, creationist ideas that you know nobody takes seriously except for those people in that community so i figured even before i started i was like you know what I'm gonna. Uh, I'll be on Twitter. If there's something I don't know, I'll find out before then, and I'll answer any questions. And there's gonna be people with questions anyway, because you know the. Oh, dude, I'll just go off, but <laughs> that's where I'm at. Twitter at Godlo speaks. See, I uh, I guess on a podcast, and I wind up talking shit about a video game for uh, half an hour or, or, or an hour or something like that. I wind up being the the dick and fart guy on the other podcast more than anything else. I'm like that guy's funny. I'm like, what? Well, since when? Well, people should know that that you you are doing the bad feeling podcast, which is like Star Wars related. So, yeah, yeah. Well, st- Star Wars into that. the MMO thing. But if you if you're following me on Twitter, you can figure that one out too. This episode we've got to, we brought it back because a lot of people on Twitter uh, have been asking for it. But when were we going to do the next one minute to midnight with uh, none other uh, than Yal Levy? We brought him back this week, and we uh, are going to do another ep- episode with him because he's awesome. And it's also that time of year when the industry is sort of like trying to figure out where the fuck it's at right now because everybody's getting back from the holidays and all that stuff. So it's just been eh, blah. So y'all is just like, you know, on standby, ready to go. And he is awesome. So this is a great one. Blows my mind in this episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is the greatest one minute to midnight segment yet. And then also, every band should listen to this and listen to this whole episode because it's actually, be like yeah, that's a what I'm gonna say. Load of information. Yeah, I was gonna say this episode is like is is a monster learning episode, really, because we also in this episode we got Derek Brewer who wrote an op ed on Metal Sucks about Thy Artist Murder and their tour, how they should have made money or could have made money, and we talk a lot about. Uh, what you know what as a band you can do to make money and what it takes to be able to do that and what he was meaning by it because uh, a lot of people it was it was funny because i knew exactly what was going to happen when i saw, saw the comments start everybody's like oh this is badass oh this is awesome it's great and then i'm like five four three <laughs> two one <laughs> just blows up after that it's like dude what the fuck are you talking about and and he knows what the fuck he's talking about. It's just there's a lot of people that had other things to say, you know, and, and took it out. Of, I don't know. But so we talk about that in the back half of this episode, too, because uh, he's awesome. He's uh, you know, gives a lot of insight on uh, touring bands and stuff that you need to know as a band and how to make money and not lose it. That would be, you know, important. We'll also hear a new song from Agoraphobic Nosebleed. And I got to play this song. We got to play Shepherd's Pie, dude. We got to you. Have you heard this yet? Have you watched a video for it? I still haven't heard it. I'm uh, looking forward to hearing it. You got to and you got to watch it, actually. I mean, hearing it is is great. But but honestly, like watching it is, is great because she is so cute and has uh, such so a great. What is it? 
Well, it's it's the Ghost Inside, right? Uh, it's a cover of a Ghost Inside song with uh, the singer from a band called The Anchor doing the vocals, and the vocals are all her doing the recipe for shepherd's pie. And it's funny as hell. Like I said, she's cute. And she's really good. Like her vocals are really and, good. And the ghost inside of the guys who uh, with the bad van driver. Yeah. Well, they 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 wiped out the bus outside of El Paso, and I think a couple of the dudes are still in the hospital. You know, still recovering and like you know in bad shape. And what they did. Well, I'll explain it after we play the song. But but yeah, it's a pretty cool little cover that they did, and it's funny as shit because you know when uh, a cute girl screaming about pie, that's awesome. I mean, that's just fucking <laughs> metal gold right there. Is what that is so yeah it's, hey, it's i just kind gotta of say if if you have any involvement with the ghost inside guys like we'd love to talk to them now but i would really love to talk to them right after they've received their pain medication which then <laughs> would be awesome <laughs> that's when that's when everybody wanted to talk. that's no fun uh, i have got opioid constipation right now that's uh, no fun for anyone now, um, in the front half, though, of this show, we wanted to talk about something that popped up uh, because we interviewed uh, Amelie Brun of Mirkur, oh, ways back on the uh, Metal Six podcast, and she was awesome. And it was it, it was really great because we also talked about some of the stuff that just came up about her because she's quitting social media, at least from a, a private message perspective. She's not taking private messages anymore on Twitter or Facebook uh, because she's getting death threats. And she had mentioned some of, some of that in our interview with her as far as getting you know detractors and things like that because for some reason people can't stand a, a, a pretty girl making black metal for some reason. I don't know if that's a problem for some dudes, but apparently it is. And she's decided to quit social media uh, because because of this, and that's that's a problem. I, I have a problem with that. It's it's awful. Here, this this incredibly talented woman who, I mean, both of us had Mirkur, maybe not in our top fifteen, but as one of the best albums of the year last year. I mean, it's a truly fantastic record she's doing very important work but let's look at this at just a really really fundamentally uh a basic level she, all she's doing is trying to entertain your sorry ass mm. if she is unable to do so because you've got some sort of hang up or it's just not your thing or whatever it is at, at, at its core, let's look at what it is that she's just trying to do. All she's trying to do is entertain you. She's not trying to mess with your head. She isn't trying to date your uh, dad. She's not, you know what I mean? They're, she's not doing anything malicious. All she's doing is trying to entertain you. What she's trying and to do is she's trying to bring down metal, bro. You know, she's not but the, pure. She's not, you know, oh. she's not. It's it, whatever, man. You know, it's just manufactured shit instead. And that's what people eat it up because, you know, she used to be a model and stuff and all that. And, you know, oh, God, dude, whatever. So the 19-year-old sitting in Des Moines is going to tell the rest of us about what makes real <laughs> black metal. I love that. Well, and the sad God. thing is, is that what she had written uh, was that, you know, she would never blame the metal community, but, quote, the 
culprits are mainly American men, occasionally Eastern European, but that's pretty much it. So really, American male metal fans are fucking dicks, and we need to stop being dicks, please. I don't know. I don't know and, what the problem is. And and the, the, this is the other thing to add to it, right? Like it, it's been good to see that, like on our Facebook and on Metal Sucks and anywhere else that this topic has come up, you get a flood of people who eventually say. Uh, uh, this is terrible, and can't believe anybody's going to do. Yeah. Anybody's doing this. this is terrible. But almost <laughs> like half the people preface that with, "Well, I don't like her music either." <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, right. But well, you, you know what? You're you're a dick too. Well, shut but, you know, up. But everybody Nobody asked your opinion. Yeah. And you know what? Your opinion on the music isn't even relevant to the discussion. What is relevant to the discussion is the fact that somebody is out there trying to do good stuff, and other people are threatening our life over it. That is the one and only topic that is happening here. Your opinion has not been solicited for, nor is cared for. And you know what? Shut the fuck up i don't i don't want to hear it you've got a million opportunities to put your freaking opinion up about our music anywhere that isn't relevant here and you know what the moment that you say it is the moment that i go you know what now i know where all these other assholes come from they come from this hanging out the same bar the same freaking pajama party that you're hanging out at sitting around going yeah yeah her stuff sucks her stuff sucks her stuff sucks a you're wrong and b Fuck you. <laughs> How do you really feel, Godless damn? Those, those people, like, they, they, they upset me almost as much as the death threats. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, granted, I think that if you don't like your music, for whatever reason it is, I think that's totally valid. There is a, you, you don't have to like everything. There's no fucking reason why you should. And I, but at the same time, though, I think the death threats and the misogyny and the, th- and the stuff that she gets, uh, you know, from this and why she has to, you know, pull back from this is totally something that, that just is, I don't understand why people feel that they have to do that kind of bullshit, you know, and why, why that they think it's going to get through or they think that it's going to, affect something and it's hard for me to say that's the right thing for her to do because you know it sort of has the effect that they want right you know it shuts her up or it makes it so she has less contact and that's you know i hate to see that happen because those you know small percentage of assholes should not be able to dictate the the decisions of somebody that's a, a, such a good artist you know and i think that's uh you know that i feel bad for her and i feel bad for the fans because they're missing out just because of these few assholes who are basically getting what they what they asked for in a way uh, but what see this is the other thing that 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 is me perturbed right is this assumption that these threats are as bad as as it's going to get and everybody mm. can kind of go well yeah this is the issue de jour but we're you know next week we'll all be moving on but you know what eventually someday god forbid as if there is one there is never going to be somebody who follows through on these threats the problem is that i can tell you someday somebody will and that is the moment when everybody then really, 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 really has to pay attention, maybe for two weeks instead of one. And that's freaking sad. And and I think that part of this whole whole thing of, of uh, yeah, this this sucks. Uh, 
it, it makes it all sound so trite. But the fact is, is that this is the start of something much, much worse. This is somebody's life, not just their livelihood, not just their ability to communicate yeah, their actual online. Life. That's an yeah. issue. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, what we what what needs to happen is the freaking metal world needs more nerds in it. It's like it's like we need to like import them from India or something and have them start hacking, you know, all these guys who are, are making these threats, you know, make their lives miserable, you know? Well, you start to think about it in, in perspective of, uh, you know, we kind of reference this with uh, Tommy Rogers, but you, but you talk about guys like Nathan Gale and the Alarosa Villa and Dimebag Daryl and what what happens when somebody finally gets pushed so far, whether it's in their mind, you know, and, and they're they're broken, you know, just there there is a danger, you know, and and it's if they're passionate enough to start sending death threats across the world to somebody, you know, what, what's going to happen when she decides to finally do an American tour or, you know, it, and I would, I would venture to guess that the, that the, the likelihood of something like that happen is minimal. But at the same time though, I could see why somebody would be scared of that, you know, and, and what could happen because it has happened. It reminds me of like, you remember when we went and saw butcher babies, right? Yeah. And, and you and I ended up, in this long ass conversation outside that little did we know that like one of their roadies are like standing right next to us listening to us argue about it but like the whole it was the whole issue of like uh they're charging people to like shake their hands yeah 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 yeah. and and you know at the time it was like uh yeah okay that is kind of Bad. But you know what it does is it keeps those jerk offs away. Mm. It keeps those death threats from happening. You charge five bucks or ten bucks to shake a hand, and now the only people you get are real fans. Now I'm starting to see the sense of it. Now I'm starting to think, yeah, you know what? You should have to pay a buck to send a Facebook message to Merkel, <laughs> and you got to spend five bucks to get her to reply. <laughs> the- you know what? It's a it's an awesome filtration system, and it's good for everybody. Well, it's the Chris Rock man. Make the bullets five thousand dollars a piece, man. I'd shoot. Yeah. You, but i can't afford it you know, you know it's like yeah, totally. it's like yeah you can everybody can have a gun but the bullets are gonna price you out of it you know <laughs> it's like you really yeah. you really gotta fucking think about it now well i don't know because the other thing is is that you know if, if somebody's sending death threats across the across the internet there's all kinds of legal implications that are there as well and i know that it's not the easiest thing in the world to to track somebody down you know on the internet uh really so can't we I, like go on fiverr or something and like you know yeah there's got some nerd somewhere to do it for us yeah well i mean and if there if there is a law broken i would hope that you know she takes the opportunity to do something in that way as well because i think that the only way people like that are going to learn their lesson is if the cops come knocking at their door you know and something something actually comes of that because you know, a death threat is is a serious business, especially over oh, the over international lines. You know what I'm saying? Like that that could be some serious stuff. So I mean, you know, what the artist's reaction to that is is uh, is also I think really important. Whether it's you know pulling back from social media in a way or pushing back against the people that are doing it, because I mean, you can be seen as being aggressive or you know and and push it farther because and it could get worse. You know, I'm there. There's a lot of different solutions there, and I'm not sure what works in or what would work. I, I don't know either. And I, but I, at the same time, 
that woman's been a hell of a lot braver than I would have ever been. Totally right. I'm still taking messages. Uh, yeah, I would have been that after the first ones received. I, I'd be. Uh, I'm, I'm checking out. I'm done. I'm going back to alternative rock. You know what I mean? Well, I know the only <laughs> thing is, is that uh, you know, if you if you look at the people that worked on a record, uh, you know, there are some giant fucking Norwegian dudes that will come and stomp some monkey fucking ass here in the United States if they have to. So I think that if you look at the people that surround her that are that if you don't think she's legit that are totally fucking legit uh you might want to rethink it a couple things because um are you are you like setting up a whole new sub 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 genre called white knight metal is that what you're doing (laughs) well i mean i hate to see i you know i i hate that right i really do because i i don't want i don't want to think that somebody has to be defended in that way and they shouldn't have to be defended in that way uh but at the same time though you know, if it was my friend who was getting a death threat, male, female or otherwise, uh, I would fucking defend him, too. So it's yeah. it, it doesn't matter that she's a woman. It matters that she's getting a death threat from somebody. And that's a serious business, you know, and I it think it's interesting what she was saying on Facebook about how she she felt that there were, you know, a handful of pimply faced nerds. But then there's uh, also like uh, like unknown Band black members. metal bands who are sending these mm-hmm. threats, you know. Yeah. And that to me is 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 where it's uh, uh, really sad, you know, and, and because, you know, when you become a band member, you're not just a, a, a keyboard warrior. You're now like a real part of the scene and this is the thing if there's a dude in your band who would is is enough of a dick that they would send somebody a death threat online you know it in that practice room on that stage you know that you know let's self-regulate a little bit here yeah because they probably talked about it you know they probably mentioned it or they probably said they did it you know or bragged about it in some in some respect yeah, it's probably, probably true. the bass player. You can replace the bass player. Come on. <laughs> Come on. We can we can we can just track it in. That's what EL says, right? We don't if the drummer can't fucking play, well we'll just we'll just replace you, man. <laughs> and you know, if you that's the thing too, is like you probably as a band member can see the logic like, oh man, like we're gonna tell everybody that we send these death threats and that's gonna make us more evil and everybody will love us. But you know what? Nobody's talking about you because you're one of, you know, who knows how many black metal bands or dumbass metal bands that are sending her notes what you need to do now is kick out some dude of your band for sending the death threats now that's news i'll cover that i'll talk about that yeah you know what i mean now you got people who are going to check out your band yeah for standing up for somebody yeah for for a good reason you know uh positive news you know there is no bad uh bad publicity i don't know <laughs> there could definitely be some bad publicity it's uh hurt some people in the past but man, the, 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 man if you're female in this scene it's so hard man you're getting death threats you're being sexually assaulted by the lame ass opening band i mean it just does it, it just never stops it mm. just never freaking stops there are five women in this scene and they've got 30 stories of awful behavior being uh, put at them and that just sucks yeah and it just seems to be way too common you know way too common and something that has to be addressed at some point so mm, 2016 well, I'm addressing it right here i i don't know what to do about it i didn't see yeah, me either <laughs> I mean, and that's the th- that's the thing is like oh fuck well, what do you do about it I don't, I don't know you know it's like i have no idea what to do i mean uh you know we've talked about it before so the name and shame game you know it's like well maybe that's what yep. you got to do you know you got to pull it out and pull the veil back and 
and let people know. But I mean, that was also one of the things that she had said in that Facebook post was that didn't want to bring attention to these bands and, you know, promote the unintentionally promote their shitty bands. Because, you know, the the problem is that that there may be other like minded people out there that would would go the other way you know so it's a you never know they might they might vote for trump it's one of those things but i i think i you know what makes me feel better about things is that whenever there's somebody who's got a race this past or uh you know there's some sort of you know uncomfortable truth in their background or something that they say that stuff comes out the name and shame what you're saying happens and you know yes they may get a little bit of bump in attention but generally they're either left squirming uh, apologizing or they're quickly forgotten and then to add to it their brand has been tainted forever and uh by the discussion so i i like to think that if these bands were named and shamed at least as a starting point the bands right mm-hmm. if they were named and shamed then i i i think that that would be effective i'd like to think that at least there are enough non-morons out there that we can <laughs> well gather together and uh, and you know and really make these people's lives uh, uncomfortable there's a lot of morons that, out there dude there's a lot of morons out there i, I, I mean, get that but there's not they, they, it, i mean can you think of a recent occasion where a band was as you call it name and shamed and it worked to their benefit oh no 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 with all the stuff that's gone on with the uh with the the what is it the oh damn it the new black metal the 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 fascist ones the all those bands the uh i don't want and that's the thing is like i don't want to because there's also some weird shit with that but all that that stuff that's happened that hasn't worked out well oh, for anybody yeah like the cobalt guys yeah, and, you know uh, all Dizma that stuff it's and, all weird yeah yeah so yeah, but I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know. It just sucks. Because you, you know, what happens is the industry turns on you, and what little industry there is matters. You know, you, you're not going to get a record deal. You're not going to get on any of the festivals that matter. You know, every single black metal band who's playing in their garage and having dreams of uh, uh, you know uh, obscurity forever because that seems to be what's important. They still want to get on the stage of the Maryland Death Fest. You know, they but still want to play what, New England dude? metal and hardcore. It's better to be underground, bro. You know, that's where it's supposed to but be. But even the, in the underground scene, you know, festivals, if everybody shuns you, then that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a really good thing. Eventually. And, and this is the other, what, what ends up being really great about it, too, is that they're on the wrong side of history, as you hear it said all the time. True. And it, 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 even if that underground festival isn't going to shun you this year, the moment that people start giving them a hard time about it by... In a year or two, your future is be you know has become next to nil. Mm. You know you can sit around and you know trade your cassette tapes. You know just that's that. <laughs> it takes freaking forever to do that bullshit. So why don't you just do that? God damn it! Well, somebody's got to stuff those you know bubble packages and send them. I mean, the post office has got to do something these days. And so. That's what I want to see. I want to see a blog post or a Facebook post from some black metal band that's like, hey, I threatened to kill her, but man, I had to stand up and flip the damn record or. <laughs> to start the other side took forever you know because it does my, take forever my cassette deck doesn't have auto reverse so you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right well let's get into our we gotta i want to get off this topic because I, I don't i feel like we don't have many answers but uh other than american dudes stop doing this bullshit please okay that's what that's what i'm asking you 
nicely, okay? Uh, but we need to get into our one minute to midnight segment because um, we invited Eyal Levy back to the show, and we are going to desecrate a couple of bands. Actually, no, we're going to try to help them out. A band has one minute or less to make a lasting impression on a label, producer, or fans. One minute, one minute. to be weighed and measured. Sixty seconds. One minute to midnight. Well, for those yeah. who aren't familiar with what this, uh, what we do here with uh, with One Minute to Midnight, is we basically give unsigned bands sixty seconds to prove themselves, or at least um, put their put their music out there, get uh, get our our favorite industry professional Al Levy uh, a chance to listen to it, and then break it down for us, whether it's good, bad, ugly, um, and tips, hints, what they could do to do it better, whether it's songwriting or mix or. Uh, you know what he hears when, when it's there. So, so yeah, it's. Um, I, I think this is a, a feature that a lot of people can get behind. Good. Uh, they should a critique and feedback are some of the most important things that you can get about your own music or really anything you do. I think. Um, so being open to it and taking it for what it is is extremely helpful. I know that I would have never gotten good at music if I didn't have a few people telling me that I was severely undershooting my potential and to get my shit together. Well, and, and it's, it sounds negative, but it's not, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's constructive and that's kind of the point. It's not negative. You just need to look at the end goal. Yeah. If the end goal is to help somebody get better, then there's nothing negative about pointing out something that's not there yet. That's, you just have to look at steps that people need to take to improve something. The first step to improving something is to see it for what it is, not better than it is or worse than it is, but just see it for what it is. And then once you see it for what it is, you can imagine how to improve it and take it to where you want to be. But if you don't see it for what it is, you're not going to accurately be able to take it to the next level. So as far as I'm concerned, as long as you don't have malicious intent, of getting the people to just quit or whatever, or hurting them, that there's really nothing negative about it. It's actually the most positive thing ever because there's nothing good about false praise. If it's all right with you, hasta la muerte. Chuck, you got it? All right, let's get this one going here. Hasta la muerte on uh, one minute to midnight. I the uh, lead guitarist there is giving you a lot of looks. What uh, what do you think of? Yeah, I was gonna uh, say, is he, the, is, is he is the lead guitarist the guy who cut this clip up and sent it to us? I, I have no idea. That was my assumption. Yeah, I I have always wondered that with these clips is 
do you know who is sending you the clip based on what they're giving you, or is it just that they feel insecure about everything else, so they're highlighting what they think is the best part of the band? And I think in this case, there's probably an accurate probably an accurate guess, whether it's the lead guitarist themselves sending it to us or somebody else in the band acknowledging that their lead guitarist is like the the best dude in the band, uh, that's probably the case because, yeah, that that solo is pretty sick. Uh, sounds like Zach Wilde, Dimebag, and Tom Morello kind of just rolled up into one blazing, tasteful lead. Uh, however, if you're trying to judge a song, it's kind of hard to judge a song based off of just a solo. And so that makes me wonder, does the rest of the song just suck? Or or what? Like, what's going on? And so we heard, like, two seconds of the clean vocals, which I didn't like very much. I never really liked that song-spoken 90s, 80s rap metal thing. It's never been my thing. But then the heavy vocals come in, and they're just following the kick exactly. Now, we have no context, so... Maybe that's the right thing for the, that part, but one of my pet peeves is when the vocalist follows the music exactly. It's just a super amateur move. I mean, one of those things where if you do it at the right spot in the song at the right time, then yay, it works, but uh, I don't know. And the fact that we have nothing else to judge, but I don't really know where to go with this. So. Now, are you talking like rhythm, or are you talking like pitch, or both? Well, there's not much uh, going on. It seemed like he was, yeah, it seemed like he was, it's more about like hitting that, he's hitting the rhythm with that. Yeah, I'm talking, I'm talking about rhythm because okay. it's just yeah, yeah. screaming vocals. We have like two seconds of like a rap metal spoken kind of dumb part, but like there's <laughs> not really pitch vocals going on yeah. there either. So yeah, I'm talking about the pattern, which mm-hmm. is just following the kick drum and the guitar exactly. And just when I hear vocalists do that, uh, there's... There's a right way to do it where it's kind of like summing up a build-up or something or, you know, the song crescendos to this point and then everyone does the same thing. They kind of like put an exclamation point musically, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. on the end of something. But then a lot of people just do it because they're not creative enough to think of what else to do. They hear the music and then they have the vocals follow exactly with it because they're not developed enough musically to think of vocal lines that complement the music. And I mean, for the most part, great vocals are basically they, they kind of, they float over a bed of music. Like they're complementary to it. They work with it. Not, they're not a mirror of it. So again, though, it's really hard to judge based off of one tiny little part. So I don't, I don't mean to like smush in with a, a, a sp- sponsor but you have a a a class on creative live uh that talks about that's all on songwriting is getting your vocals right for the song something that you talk about during that class absolutely i had uh, a few vocalists on there with me um one of them being the guy from demon hunter ryan and he's also oh yeah he's he's a great vocalist and i also had the vocalist from Nails on there, who's totally different, totally different style, right? Like you can't even compare the two, but that was kind of the idea. I also had like uh, John Brown from Monuments on there, uh, so we kind of went at multiple different styles of heavy music. I also had a pop songwriter on there just for 
good measure. But basically in the class, we showed that no matter what style of music, whether you're doing straight up just brutal destruction like nails or you're doing pop Christian metal like Demon Hunter or you're doing just like this progressive future metal like Monuments, the what makes a great song is the same no matter what, which is basically communicating communicating emotions and ideas through music. And so, yeah, we talk about how to actually do that in real life. One little tip that you could give that that w- would sort of whet an appetite for a band like uh, Hasta La Muerte? When they have a riff like that that's really sticking to downbeats, like dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and it seems like the right thing to do is have the vocal just start doing the same thing as the guitar. Uh, try to, just as an exercise, start offsetting the patterns some. Uh, see what happens and try, once you find a pattern that's offset from the riff, a vocal pattern that's offset from the riff that works nicely, then try to introduce some variations into it. And just do it as an exercise. It doesn't mean you have to actually keep what you come up with. But what will happen is that if you start to do these intentional writing exercises based on adding a little bit more uh, diversity of sound into your musical creations, when you're actually in a creative moment and writing, uh, it'll just flow out better, um, if that makes sense. So the... um, The main thing is to use musical exercises much in the way that you would practice scales on the guitar. And I'm sure that the lead guitarist in this band practices something because he's really, really good. So it's kind of much the same way. You practice your scales, but that's not exactly how you write a solo. Uh, You practice them so that you have dexterity on the instrument. Well, your creative muscle is the same way. So... You do writing exercises so that when you are in a creative mood later, your creative muscle is strong enough to spit out well-formed ideas. That might be like the most powerful songwriting advice I've ever heard anywhere. That's so awesome. John Lennon had better advice, which was finish it the same night you started. Sounds like all my arguments with my wife. Uh, let's get to the, <laughs> let's get to the next band. Uh, this next one is uh, with silent eyes. cut that one off at 60 seconds okay what do you think al okay uh, uh the context is not there so it's hard to tell what this is in the song i don't know if we're in the middle the end the beginning or what 
It sounds like we're towards the beginning of the song, but again, I don't know. So I'm going to focus a lot on the recording because that's the thing that threw me off. I feel like um, on a positive note that if these guys came into a good producer, the good producer could do good things with them. Uh, they're not so bad or anything like that where you couldn't just tweak those riffs a little bit and uh, and make them slam. Like They're good enough for that. And that's actually what a good producer does most of the time. Like, if they were coming into me, I would definitely add a few dick moves into the uh, guitar riffs. Um, I call dick moves kind of like uh, guitar tricks that make the riffs sound more badass. So they're not actual musical content like harmony or melody or anything, but they definitely just make the riff cooler, like squeals, harmonics, fills, runs. It's just really anything you throw in his ear candy to help the riff be more badass, like I said. And they could benefit from those. And then also changing some of the notes around to be a little less predictable would be cool. It's hard to judge the vocals because they're really, really buried in the mix, but they're not following the riffs exactly. That's definitely a plus. But there is nothing catchy about them. They're kind of wallpapery. But what I was saying was I'm going to focus on the recording a little bit. The panning is kind of stupid on this riff. The first one. I get why they did it. It's kind of like a build-up, slayery kind of vibe where one guitar is holding out the chords and the other one's playing the riff. But it just doesn't sound full, probably because the the bass isn't mixed right. The bass and the kicks aren't mixed right. So there's nothing really driving the song while the while the guitars are split like that. Then later on, the guitars start playing the same thing on each side, but they don't sound together. So either they're still at that phase where both guitar players in the band want to play their own sides like they do live, which sucks for a band that plays the same riffs on each side. Like, I understand with, like, Old Guns N' Roses, where Slash and Izzy play two completely different things, so it makes sense have each guy play his parts. But when you have modern metal where... The riffs are the same, or pretty much the same. You know, maybe they're doing harmony, but the the vibe is exactly the same on each side. It makes sense to have one guy play those because that's what gives you that that full and consistent modern sound. It's you don't want variation between the two sides. Now, if that's not what happened, then they just did a sloppy job because uh, the two sides don't sound together at all, and then the vocals are so buried and the guitars are so loud that all I'm hearing is slop between the two sides of the guitar. So I would consider recommending this, and I, you know, I recommend this for almost every band, but this band is definitely good enough to where if they went to the right guy, they could probably come out with something really cool if they were open to him fixing a few of their uh, musical problems. That's kick-ass. So, all right, that's well, pretty good. I, all I gotta say is uh, the musicians that uh, they, that could toss themselves in front of Lemmy's motorcade on the exit ramp from Sunset Boulevard are Hasta La Muerte and With Silent Eyes uh, from the UK. Both of them are on SoundCloud. I'll uh, thank you very much for your advice for these guys. And uh, uh, if, if, like I said, super powerful advice has been awesome. Then we can find you at uh, nailthemix.com, right? And uh, and also yeah. on Creative Live, you got some cool uh, boot camps coming up and some other stuff. So Yeah, uh, 
the main place to go would be nailthemix.com. That's uh, my new service with Joey Sturges and Joel Lanasek, where we offer a new multi-track session worth of raw waves once per month for all our listeners to mix and get into a mix competition with. And then at the end of that month, myself, Joey, and Joel do a live mix where we then mix that song from start to finish and show you how we would do it. So our audience gets to compete against each other, and they always win a some sort of a cool prize, like a piece of gear or a plug-in. And then not only that, but you get to see how one of us would do it. And uh, people are loving it. So, yeah, nailthemix.com. And also just look me up on creativelive.com, E-Y-A-L-L-E-V-I. That's how you spell my name. Kick ass. All right, so we'll talk to you again in a few weeks. Thanks, Isle. Yeah, thank you.
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today. Podcast is brought to you this week by Creative Live. You want to learn how to record music? Check out our friends over at Creative Live if you have not already, man. Whether it's engineering, mixing, mastering, it's taught by the people that you listen to, whether it's periphery, converge, between the bear to me, Dillinger Escape Plan, all of it there, creativelive.com slash audio. If you want to learn more, watch some free previews. I suggest you do so and get your learn on. We've been talking about them for months for very, very good reasons. So, you know, go check it out. Just go check it out. And y'all, you know, that's all we ask. You know, the stuff that we just heard from y'all. You know, he 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 gives that kind of wisdom out on Creative Live, 
And I mean, the, the one that he's got coming up in March looks like it's going to be awesome. So, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, man. he's got some cool stuff up there. So just search, you know, search Yal Levy on there and you can find out. Like, if you like the advice that he gave those couple of bands we did on One Minute to Midnight, it's yeah, you're going to find some cool stuff like that on Creative Live for sure. Wasn't that an aha moment where he's like, no, this is how you learn how to actually write a vocal melody. And I'm a vocalist. A vocal part. How how is it that I never realized that until he starts talking? And then I think like he's got like, I don't know, like 20 hours on how to write a song or something like that for like two dollars. I don't know what it is. It's it's super cheap and it's super, super extensive. And I'm thinking how many other aha moments are going to be in that freaking video? How many? There's going to be a metric ton, even just as a as a fan of music i want to watch that just to like see how the sausage is made you know yeah well and now speaking of good vocals man that uh, song we just heard was from the anchor um i don't know exactly what the ghost inside makes shepherd's pie is what i've been calling it um <laughs> it's really funny if you if you can li- if you can hear death metal lyrics or if you can hear like uh deathcore lyrics and understand what she's saying. That's the exact recipe for a great shepherd's pie. So uh, you can make some. And what's cool about that song is uh, it's a band called The Anchor. They're they're covering a Ghost Inside song, and I think they just took the music from Ghost Inside. But um, you know, she's doing the vocals with the the recipe for shepherd's pie. Uh, the coolest thing about it is is that the that cover version is up on Bandcamp for you to download. And if you pay for it, any of the money, uh, the proceeds that they get from it, they're going to go to the ghost inside. They're going to go to the band to try to help them get better, uh, which is really cool. So I, I threw my a couple bucks in to buy that song, which was really cool. I thought that was a great idea. And it was funny. The vir- the video is hilarious. <laughs> she She's good, dude. Her voice is just good. So uh, I was pretty impressed. That's awesome. And, you know, this is the thing. Ghost inside need help. They, they need your support and if you can do it by getting something for you at the same time i mean i really love seeing bands helping other bands like for me that's like the the, like that's such a cool thing because you know with all the people that had donated all the big bands that had donated you know threw in ten thousand dollars and and big big sums it's just really cool to see that community kind of coming together especially after what we talked about like with mirror you know coming seeing the community of bands go okay this is what we do and this is our people we need to make sure you know fan or no fan of ghost inside doesn't matter you see a touring band who is injured that that badly who's got no resources that's you know it's time to step up and that's actually really cool and it's cool to see other bands doing that even on a smaller scale because the anchor's not huge or anything but you know what i'm saying it's like it's like that's really cool i think it's just a really cool idea and the, another band needing some help die art is murder because <laughs> right. they need a vocalist yeah well they've already booked some festivals or something didn't you say they were like already yeah, saw a listed like, somewhere else like germany or something like that in july so it's like they're 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 optimistic and i'm optimistic for them i mean how hard can it be to to find somebody who can uh who would be excited to be the singer of the art is murder there's got to be a boatload of them you know well i was up on the top of uh, metal sucks.net for uh, for a while last week and uh derek brewer had uh wrote an article about and die art is murder kind of but more about touring derek brewer from outer loop management was in the context of die art is murderer where uh their, their singer complaining about he didn't he wasn't making no money and derek just had this just brilliantly crafted response about the context of that there's you actually money make, out yeah, there you can still make money on tour 
Right. Yeah, right. and Derek Derek knows his stuff. He manages bands like Valamaya, Dying Fetus, Crown the Empire, Volumes. Derek, were you surprised by the response you got from that post? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it was definitely um, you know, at first like tons of uh, really positive feedback came through. I was getting texts from other managers, emails from bands. You know, I, I was like, okay, cool, this is good. Um, you know, and then I did uh, something which now. I definitely get what my bands feel like when they go up on YouTube to listen to a song or, or to see the song or video that they put out and read the uh, <laughs> brutal YouTube comments that come after from, you know, all the quote-unquote fans. And I was like, okay. So I can see where people, you know, read the article, went through it, and maybe made their own assumptions or came up with their own uh, different ideas of what it really is. And, you know, I, I, part of the reason I wanted to just jump on here with you guys is to maybe elaborate a little bit more, kind of put it in a context in which I initially wanted to have it come out. I mean, you know, the first thing definitely is, first and foremost, it wasn't like a slam against Diarda's murder or the vocalist by any means, and I don't think it came across like that. I mean, no, not at all. It yeah, really didn't. Yeah. I mean, that was, a, it, not even, it wasn't like a hit piece or some crap like that. It, no. it, it You know, it just, just felt like a different perspective on it. Yeah. No, I think, you know, that band is, you know, in, in that particular genre, are very, very well-established, well-known, and, you know, obviously a great band. I'm sure they're going to continue on going down that path. I mean, I'll say, you know, what inspired me to really write the article was just the overwhelming response of negativity that I saw when that, his, you know, that statement went out from really a bunch of kids, primarily on my Facebook feed, um, that were questioning their overall purpose in life and their decision to join a band, um, and then them trying to make something out of it. I mean, these were mainly kids from the United States going on about how it seems that the industry sucks and there's no future for them, and now they should try to figure out something else to do. And, you know, I also felt that it made things look pretty bad for all the guys and girls that are, you know, that have already dedicated much of their young adult life being in a band, doing what they're supposed to be doing in that band, getting their name out there, following their dream, trying to make a career out of it. And really, I just wanted to demonstrate that if you get to a certain level, and that's the key point, if you get to a certain level or benchmark of being in the band and you handle your business properly, then you would be able to make some decent money to bring home from a tour, you know? And it's important to me, as I'm sure it is to everybody else in the metal rock uh, industry or community, that people, kids, primarily whoever, are inspired to continue on creating music and to take it on the road to play for their fans because this would be a key factor you know with ensuring that our industry stays alive for you know the next generation i don't know there's a lot of terrible music out there too so maybe we should discourage some of those kids uh you know maybe maybe that's what we need we need to like you know just a a little call of it a little bit every once in a while you know with 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 the very little good you get a lot of bad and you know Uh, that's just gonna always be that way you know and we're gonna you know the the cream will rise to the top and that's and i'm glad you brought that up i mean besides all the bullshit of the finances and everything else what it really 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 boils down to is the music you have to have the music you have to create the music that people like and all the touring in the world and anything that you do won't mean anything and you won't be successful if simply your music isn't good yeah and that's, i mean that's, that's yeah. the bottom line you know, so. you, yeah, you're not going to well, have a connection of, with an audience live or recorded if the music sucks. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So if you get part, if you have the good music and I don't, you know, however you get the good music, that's your art. That's I mean, that you're able to do that. That will, you know, definitely make the impression on the fans and it will build. And then yeah. the next step is how to manage that properly. Part of what I found heartbreaking about 
the 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 guy from Die Hard is Murder quitting is that there seems to be this thing where it's like he thinks that there's some maybe I'm redefining the word wealth, but that there's something there's some sort of happiness hope more hope for him outside of his band he's gonna pursue some career that's gonna suck it's gonna be like watching behind the music and it's the the guy from information society doing like you know working in a cubicle somewhere and it's like that dude's not happy i mean come on right. you know just keep on pursuing the dream you just need to realign a little bit your expenses and it it, it all should work out i mean that to me was somewhat of the takeaway here yeah I mean, my opinion is this. I mean, look at we we're not in his shoes. We're not in the van or the or the bandwagon or bus or whatever that they toured in. Totally. Um, you know, we don't know his personal life. We don't know what bills he has or overhead. And listen, he made the choice that was best for him and his family. And you know, you can't dispute those choices. And yeah, I mean, listen, I I've, I've seen it. You see where people quit bands and they go off to do something, and you look at what they're doing. It's like, oh, okay, you know, whatever floats your boat. But at the other on the other hand, I will say this, like, if you're in a touring band, it is a very disciplined type thing to go through day in and day out. And, you, you know, there's a lot of the rigors of touring. And maybe he'll quit, or maybe he did, or rather he did quit, and go on to get into another job. And that discipline that he, you know, felt from being on tour and doing all that can help him be successful in something else down the road. Or if they, you know, pissed a lot of money away, you know, you learn yeah. from that too. You know, don't, yeah. don't piss a lot of money away, you know? Yeah. So. And, you know, and, and again, you know, like I, I, we all don't know what, what exactly. the money, you know, made and yeah. came in and it's all very subjective for sure. Well, how much of your job as a band manager is a bit of expectations manager? Uh, <laughs> quite a bit of it. You know, we manage expectations. That's the key thing. You know, we have to, you know, with our clients, tour offers come and, you know, the, the numbers are, you know, the offers are what they're based on with the people, the perceived value of the band. And one of the things like I do is like, hey, here's this great tour, but here is what your offer is. And here are the expenses. And, you know, you try to really, as best you can, lay them all out, put together a budget, a spreadsheet. You're making X amount and you're, you know, the things that you want to have to tour with are going to cost this amount. So, you, you know, add, you know, subtract the uh, expenses, and this is what you're going to end up with. You know, bands can sit there, and I, I, I get it. They'll, they'll be like, okay, well, we want to do this tour, um, but we don't want to be in a band. We don't want to sit and be cramped and do all that. You know, looking at this money that we're making, it seems like we can afford a bus. And, you know, on paper, it might seem like, yes, you can afford that bus, and the buses are much more comfortable and makes for a better tour, better morale. But your profit margin can go, I mean, honestly, it could diminish several thousands of dollars, several thousands. And it's, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, the band will choose comfort over perhaps more money in their pocket. And listen, if I've, if I've done my job to educate it and put it out there and they see it and there's no surprises and they come to me and they're like, Derek, okay, I appreciate what you're saying. You know, we'll still have all our invoices paid and all this, but we just want to ride in a bus for this tour I, you know, I don't care if I come home with X amount of dollars. Uh, okay, then then we'll we'll make it happen. So long as it's not going to get them like majorly in debt or really like fuck up the next two years of yeah, their in, yeah. you know finances and stuff like that. I'm I'm kind of like I'm not laid back on it, but I'm kind of like okay, all right. You know, here's here's the information. This is what it is. Now I hope for for their benefit because I I do you know again as a manager you can't just look at the next month. You have to look at the next few years. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they make that decision to 
probably go the less the least expensive route so that they have additional money to put away to invest into something or you know have it in the band bank account to help cover expenses for the next tour that might come that might be over in Europe and the overhead expenses will be even more you know so there's a lot of different uh ways you can go with that but at the end you know if if we're able to make it happen and I might feel that it might not be the best financial decision but it makes them happy and it doesn't ruin their overall situation then yeah if that's what they want we'll, we'll make it happen yeah because there's a few things you gotta obviously weigh there i mean you know if you yeah. want because i was looking at the list that you had that you put together and stuff like yeah. okay if you're gonna put if you're gonna have merch ready for the next tour you're gonna have to have some kind of money in the bank to kick things off yeah. it's got to come from somewhere there's got to be some sort of yeah. uh mm-hmm. band savings account or so there's gotta be something that's that's ready to go but uh, but two if they're living on the road for three months Mm-hmm. holy crap do you want to live in the shittiest apartment that you can find or would you rather a little bit of luxury you know it's like yeah you know i've seen i've seen the difference like between the two and it's it's you know it's dramatic it really is and the quality of life between uh you know six guys in a in a 15 passenger van no i know it's metal (laughs) i I remember going to the the sounds of the underground tour like 10 years ago right black dahlia murder was the only band that was in a van with a trailer everybody else had Mm -hmm. buses and they and they're like this just saved us 15 grand yeah and um out of all those bands and i don't know black dahlia murder is still around and doing very good yeah you know what i mean you see what i'm saying they're they're I get it, you know, and that's that's how they're going to, you know, that might be a way that they come to terms with is like, this is what's going to comfortably keep us out on the road mm-hmm. by doing it like this. And, you know, you try to negotiate and okay, with this, you can get some hotel rooms, you get the tour manager, set it all up. Sometimes it's not, you know, having a, one thing to take into consideration, hotel rooms have actual toilets you can shit in and shower, you know, <laughs> buses don't always have that. So, you know, if you uh, opt to do a van, sometimes you get the hotel and not, it's actually works out pretty well. Well, and the thing is, is that it's, I, I think if there is, a, if there's a lot of criticism about what you had written, it was more about mm-hmm. like generalizations than anything else. Right. You know, trying to generalize to a whole thing. But I think you, you narrowed it down pretty well to like, okay, we're hedging our bets here. This is like, that's exactly what you were trying to get across is that this is a generalization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. mean, I, every single band you deal with has every, has a different scenario in so many different ways. I, Three, I mean, four, I five, six members. It could be, uh, you yeah. Know, yeah, how how big the drum kit is versus how many guitars they carry with them. Or, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's so many Why variables. Why is the driver not selling the merch? That's what I yeah. want to know. You got well, two different well, dots. I, I can give you an easy answer with that. You don't want your driver sitting there all night long selling your merchandise until Drinking. 12, 31 o'clock at night. You drink, yeah, God forbid. But doing anything like you want your driver to be fucking sleeping when you're playing so that when you guys are ready to leave he's had a a good night's rest you Mm -hmm. know so that's you that's one job you definitely don't want to combo up of of course it does happen but you know those are things i mean my biggest thing that i saw that kind of you know i guess i don't want to say annoyed me but just was like okay it was like oh you know for a band in australia the visas and the flights and all this and i totally i i i know i totally get it those are absolute costs that will you take that amount that i put it'll diminish it right away but i guess i was really speaking about a band in the united states going on touring because i did yes i know the example was the artist murder from australia but i was kind of doing this whole thing 
was more so in response to these bands mm-hmm. that I know of here that were complaining. And then on the other side, you know, I do have bands that tour internationally. And one of the components that, you know, I try to figure out um, before we accept the tour is, hey, you know, label, can, is there a way to get tour support? Is there, you know, can you help us mm-hmm. with this um, deficit that we have in our budget because the flights are going to be $8,000 or $7,000, you know, can you help us with that? Because that's the only way we're going to be able to do this tour. And if the label is like, yes, this makes sense because this is going to further build the brand, which in effect will help us sell more albums, we're down to do that. If the label comes back and says, no, you know, we just don't find that this is a viable, you know, investment to to, to take partake in, then I have to go back and have that conversation with the band, with the band and say, okay, you know, I know you want to do this tour and it looks good, but we're going to be in some, you know, really yeah. fin- serious financial issues if we don't do this or if we, you know, they do this tour. And sometimes I've had the band say, you know what? I don't care. We want to do this. This means a lot to us. I'm going to use money from my savings account. We're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to, oh. we're going to take the, they're just, they're just going to do it. If they're going to want to do it. And if, again, if it if we can figure out a way to get it even to a you know a, a certain balance, then okay, I might say okay, but you know we it depends on the circumstance. We might do it, and that's the other thing. When I said in the article, is like not every tour you'll make money on, and that that was the other thing. I, I know this, you know, yeah. a lot of them you can if you do it right, but sure there are going to be times when you're a band at the level that I'm speaking of that it's not going to be as profitable like that. And I'll tell you what, hundred percent when you're a new band coming up or even the first few years, it's not going to be like that amount. I mean, I was strictly speaking on the basis of, you know, once you've reached this level, and I wasn't talking like, you know, huge level. I was talking about, you know, middle type, you know, middle of the yeah, know, was, class band. Yeah, I was thinking about like B minus level band, like, you know, kind of, yeah, uh, kind of know. starting to break a little bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're doing their thing, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're turning a profit, you know, so, yeah. but any bands that are starting out, unless, some extreme circumstances, you, you know, just like any business that you get into, you're going to, they're going to lose money on tour. And that's where it comes in, you know, from the label, from, you know, I don't know, parents from a lot of different resources to help offset those costs so that it can happen. Well, you know, when, when back in the day, when I was a musician, we were somewhat strategic. Like we made sure that we had one guy in the band who was a good looking slut. So that way <laughs> in every city we had a floor to crash on. And that dude paid yeah. some heavy prices. I'm saying. <laughs> we saved a lot of money on hotels. And by heavy still with us today. Yeah. Heavy. It's not a euphemism either. <laughs> nope. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, so many different ways, you know, you can try to, once you get in those situations, you'll find how resourceful you can be to, to make things work. You know, I'm sorry. There used to be a time when like Jimi Hendrix or Willie Nelson would play a gig for, and it'd be like three bucks to go see him in concert. And it was because they were doing marketing to sell albums, which is where they made their album. Has the model like completely flipped at this point? And does that make it difficult to have those tour support conversations with labels? Um, I, I find this that tour support conversations with labels are not as difficult as you would think. Um, you know, I don't trying to go back like at a time when, you know, CDs were really selling and all that. I, I, I guess you could absolutely say that, you know, getting a, the amount of tour support, the, the dollars have changed, but no, I mean, listen, if you have a label that supports you, 
you. Um, they're going to do what they can to help you. The only way that a real big way that they're you're going to promote the band and sell the CDs, as you know, because there's no not much radio or anything like that for metal, um, is going to be on the road. So a lot of the labels realize this, and they will help out. I'm not saying every single time they will, but if it comes to the certain types of tours that are just no brainers, then I, I would, you know, me as a manager, I would lose my shit if like a label's just like, no, we can't do this. Sorry. And it's like, you know, I, I, I can say I've avoided that because another thing that I have done, um, and I'm not saying this can happen every single, every single time or, you know, for every case, but when I have a band that gets signed to a label, like a new deal, a contract comes through, you know, you, the band's about to get signed. I do negotiate a tour support budget in the contract of X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just like the recording budget or video budget or anything like that. Dep- you know, again, it's gonna depending come on up, the circumstance, yeah. I, I, can, I can put an amount in where I can count on to have for the, for the album cycle. Yeah, whether yeah. that's like you know a couple grand to to, to yeah. do uh, posters, flyers, that stuff, or or marketing or whatever yeah. it is, you've got it's something really there. It's really to cover yeah. the expenses, correct? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a it's a it's a certain amount of money that I know that I can when I when this offer, this magical offer comes through, that's like I can't you know pass on this. But shit, how am I gonna you yeah. know if they're getting you know five hundred dollars a night over in Europe, how am I gonna cover these flights? I have that in you know ace in the hole that I can fall back on, and and that helps avoid those uh, situations you know what i'm saying well so. i would say probably my biggest takeaway out of uh, out of reading uh, reading this was that you know if nothing else whether it's whether it's somebody they hire or it's somebody within the band they they have to manage themselves or be managed in a way that's going yeah. to be make make sure that all their stuff is taken care of and i i think we you see more than anything else either whether it's a bad manager or it's somebody mm-hmm. in the band who's trying to like cut that expense out of it and that's where they wind up losing their shit is because there's they're not watching themselves close enough you know and one of the things they've got to be sure of when you're out there on tour is that you're keeping track of the stuff like constantly uh, or mm-hmm. else you're going to lose it you know it's just going to yeah. go away yeah no and and there's a lot of things that can come in your way uh you know getting your way of losing money while on tour and i will say a, a really good tour manager and i'm not a tour manager i'm a you know artist yeah. manager but a really good tour manager is worth their weight in gold you know that is one expense i don't mind you know uh spending a little bit on to ensure that uh, the bullshit that comes our way that happens on every single tour there's always something they know how to handle it and it can handle it first on the scene and then if it you know escalates to something bigger i get the call and then we work together as a team and try to figure it out you know and mm-hmm. there's a lot lot of things that come up that can you know all this budget looks great and everything i put but there are things that can happen that can in an instant wipe that all out and that's yeah. just you know it happens you know you cannot avoid that so that post is so good i bet like most bands are like just copying and pasting <laughs> their your budget into their excel spreadsheet and thinking they can do this on their own well, so you know and, and and i you know i i that's i wanted this to be like a guideline and these and i will say this is an actual budget that has been used okay that yeah. that so when people are like oh this number and this number and the, the merch guy is high i mean it just depending on the circumstances but those were real things and that was the real outcome 
So, you know, people can believe it or not. Or well, and I mean, you're really all they want. You know? You're so. talking, you're talking about a matter of scale at that point, you know, where it's like, yeah. okay, instead of $2,000 per night per show, uh, it's $500 per night per show. Okay. Right. Then what does mm-hmm. that scale down to on the rest of the level, you know, and, and what can you right. fit that, within that's that actually budget? very important. It's <laughs> a very well, important yeah, part. That's, that's, that's like the most important part there. It's like, what, Cause there's the, a whole bunch of drunk metal dudes out there. who are like, not only can we bring our buddies, but we're getting a smoke machine. <laughs> Check it out. Well, in, in my my favorite thing was like, oh my god, this means you being in the band, you can earn seventy thousand a year. And I did not say that. That was from a tour. <laughs> if you tour consecutively, often enough, and you know there are other sources of income from being an artist. The point I was trying to make is like, you definitely, you know, can 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 have a good living doing what you love. Um, I was not suggesting that you're going to get five thousand dollars. You're going to tour first of all twelve months out of the year because that just doesn't happen. And you're going to you know just bank all that money. There's a lot of other things that come into play. And look, you might make that amount per year, but I will bet you that it'll come. You know, it will come from other sources of income as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we're talking to when we're talking to probably. <laughs> A minus bands like Testament and and Exodus, and they were talking about how they were just able to quit their jobs two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, well, okay, you might want to just rethink it a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, look, before I managed bands, I worked in a really good paying job, and I hated every day of it. Yeah. I worked it for several years, and um, you know, I made the switch over, and it was a cut my income. God, maybe it, when I first was starting. I was making one fourth or one fifth and you know, but I got up every day stoked to be doing what I was doing yeah. and I worked hard and I worked through it. And you know, what I'll say about, you know, artist management is like, I, you know, I can, most managers I know are the same way, but you know, we try to be there, you know, for our clients 24 seven, I'll work sometimes 12 hours a day for them. And you know, if they don't make money, and that was the other thing. A lot of people are like, you're just in it. You know, you're making all this money from this. And, you know, you, you, the bands aren't making anything. And it's like, well, if they don't make money, I don't make money. Yeah. And we're, part, we're partners in this. And it based, the partnership solely exists based on the idea of whatever it takes to make that band of a success. We're going to do it. You know, we're going to work very hard to make that happen. And I only get my cut when there is income coming in. So when a band does not bring money home from a tour, and, they're, you know, again, I go back when you're a band trying to make your name for yourself for however long it takes could take several years um when they don't bring home money home from a tour I, there's no commission for me to take you know i i don't i don't get paid either on that particular project and i'm it's a long-term investment and so you know when people want to <laughs> be like well you know i've seen like you know this is just some lies that you're spreading and uh, you know you're trying to get these young impressionable kids you know to to live a life of poverty i was just like why would I want to spend all that time on recruiting these young, impressionable kids, work with them for several years nonstop, only to see nothing from that? I mean, that doesn't make any, you know, sense at all. Well, and that's their choice, you know. I mean, if they they really want to, if they they really got to love it, and I think that's what what it comes down to, like with C.J. McMahon more than anything else, is that, like, the disappointment that I saw in that was not the fact that he didn't make money, it was that he kind of lost hope in the fact that there were possibilities out there and kind of it's yeah. like the music lost its magic and that's that's sort of the sad part of that more than anything yeah. else and know. and, and oh, sorry i was just saying that happens that happens yeah totally, that, totally. You know, you're not you're not forced to be in a band if you don't love what you're doing absolutely find something else that you do you know and 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 i really appreciate you saying at the end of the day when this these kids decide or whoever, you know, wants to be in a band when they're young, that is their choice to be, you know, you can go many different paths in life. And if that's your choice to be in, just 
No, I, I was just trying to say, just no, it's, it's, there is a long road ahead of yeah. you. No one is promising yeah. you anything. But, you know, if you put your work in and do it and you're, you know, again, your songs sound good, you know, you could end up being okay. You're not going to, I just don't take into the whole thing. Like if you're going to be in a band for life and there is success in the band that you're just going to be, you know, poor. Yeah. Yeah. You may not have the diamond encrusted shark shaped pool, but, uh, no, no, but, you know, <laughs> Uh, you, yeah. you might be able to make a decent living out of it and have some damn good fun while you're at it. So, you know. Absolutely. Derek, Absolutely. thank you for being behind so many of the bands that we love, and thank you for keeping yeah. the dream alive for, for bands we're going to love in the future. I really appreciate all that you do. No, so of much course. Respect. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cool. And people can follow you on Twitter, at Derek J. Brewer. They'll probably follow you, send you their demo, and then unfollow you right afterwards. <laughs> right. You know, I've, I've definitely had a lot of uh, bands hit me up, send me their stuff. I'll, you know, definitely listen to everything that comes comes my way for sure well Derek said he could make yeah. us five grand a month let's do it come on let's go thing, yeah but with a disclaimer just because <laughs> does not mean that I, uh, uh, I'm gonna lead you to the path of riches by any means Dropping the inside right there, man. That's awesome. Derek Brewer of Outer Loop Management. I I gotta say that this is probably one of the most educational episodes that we've ever done on the Middle Sucks podcast. I'm, I'm gonna say it is, and I'm gonna say that if you are a band that hasn't experienced... No, if you are a band... This is the most educational podcast in the history of podcasts. I mean, <laughs> now that's now. Hang on one second here. <laughs> I don't know about that. Can you, can, can you think of one other podcast episode that's been able to like tell you how you handle douchebag American black metal guys, how you handle touring, how you handle, you know, how to write a song, how to handle a mix. I mean, okay, those it, specific things. No, but, uh, but, but <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot from a couple of podcasts, but. Uh, no, I don't know. Nothing I, like this, baby. I, Nothing. No, I'm uh, definitely uh, d- definitely surprised by you know uh, the amount of education that we provided at, at, at this moment because normally it's just you know dick jokes. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of education, we will be on the seventy thousand tons of metal cruise Indeed. going out in just a few weeks out of Florida, Miami, Florida, and we will be hosting their Q and A's on the ship. It's gonna be awesome please join us we know that they're you know it's great meeting uh uh people who listen to the show every year on that ship so uh hey guys we're coming it's going to be great and um uh keep your eyes peeled but we don't know exactly the uh, the bands the time or where on the ship it's going to be happening yet but uh you know look for us yeah uh, and uh, uh look for us in the program etc and, and it's it's going to be this isn't it i'm so excited for that yeah it's going to be another cool year of uh 70, tons of metal but still waiting on some of the bands to be announced and yeah it's going to be a kick-ass super bowl weekend man we're going to miss the super bowl What's no, a, we're not missing it. They're, I know, they're, I know. They're beaming it in, man. I know, I know, I know. Just specifically for that. But, what's, you know, like, do you, you're on a cruise ship. Do you stop and watch the Super Bowl at 5 o'clock on Sunday? I mean, like, that just seems 
or something wrong with that. It seems like there's, that's just really wrong. I don't know, but it is this. It, it's it, not very metal, is it? It's the fucking Super Bowl, <laughs> though. I mean, you know, it'll probably be the goddamn Patriots or somebody. <laughs> that's no fun for anybody. All right, we're gonna wrap this podcast up, dude. Uh, thanks to Derek Brewer. Thanks to Y'all Levy for uh, being on the uh, podcast. Uh, we had some agoraphobic nosebleed. Check out their new album that comes out on the twenty second, and the anchor for being badass as well. Uh, let's see, coming up um, now. I can't, we can't even well, hold get on. into what's Can I also, on. like, the two bands that we covered in one minute? Oh, yeah, that's right. Levy, get Asta La Muerte. You can follow them on Twitter at Asta, H-A-S-T-A-L-M. So Asta LM. And then the other band was With Silent Eyes, and they are at With Silent Eyes. Uh, both of those bands are on um, Bandcamp as well. So uh, Asta La Muerte, and then the number one on Bandcamp, and With Silent Eyes UK on uh, on Bandcamp. So yeah, if you like them, get out there and uh, support them. Maybe uh, check them out on uh, the Twitter box in, uh, in Bandcamp. You can find us on social media as well. On Twitter, I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook. And, of course, you can find this podcast wherever you get your damn podcast, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Stitcher or Google Play. Just search Metal Sucks Podcast and you'll be able to find it. So uh, subscribe. That way it comes right to your device. You don't have to worry about it. You can also find us at ChuckAndGodless.com. Uh, if you go there, that's our Patreon account. So thanks to all of our early adopters. And even on Instagram, we are ChuckAndGodless.com. Uh, and I, I try, I've been trying to do it more, but I have been such a recluse, like the first, <laughs> for last week of the year, the first week of the year, it's been like nothing going on that's interesting. Um, so yeah. I just keep, I just keep my phone out while I'm here in Dublin in case I see Conor McGregor. Cause if I get a <laughs> Conor McGregor sighting, I will post that onto the Instagram account. Now that, uh, dude, if that pops up, I, I will be impressed to, to no end. <laughs> so until next week, I am a Chuck. Now I am godless. And this is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Yeah.